Theory Podcast. Boom. What's up, people? Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast, the show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, what their struggles are, thoughts in the art world, and a lot, a lot more. Oh, today's going to be good. I'm, uh, I was very excited uh, prepping for this uh, interview podcast was actually quite easy just because I had to had to control myself from all the things there's so much to talk about again I'm very lucky to have this guest so uh, let's get this one going he has been uh, uh, he has animated on movies such as Star Wars Captain Marvel Terminator uh, Dark Fate Bumblebee Guardians of the Galaxy Godzilla just to name a few from a long list and you can check out that IMDB page later he's also a founder of Little Mountain Animation and also creator of Big Dinosaur Norman's Island Magic and Machines. He's currently working as a senior artist at Unity Technologies. Uh, Nathan Thomas, dude, welcome to the Holy show. Smokes! Hey, thank you so much. Who is this guy? <laughs> it's good to be here. Who is this guy? <laughs> oh man! Uh, uh, hey, thank you so much for uh, for having me on. I've been a big fan for uh, ever since episode one. Peter Rick, I had to tune in. I uh, appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, well, the, the beauty is there's a lot of really talented artists, uh, all around us and somehow all of you guys are in Vancouver, just nonstop working hard making good things. So, um, I, I'm just curious and I, I want to learn cause it's, it's really impressive, uh, how much you guys are, I mean, you specifically, how much you're able to achieve in so many different, uh, ways, right. From being a creator to animating to your lead animator at some point, you've done a lot. <laughs> how's uh so let, let, I'm, I don't, there was no question there but um uh, I, I, let, let's start this way how's your life indoors sure. these days oh man you know we're at the one year point now of uh everyone working from home and staying fairly indoors and you know for the most part it's been really nice um because Typically, I have a really long commute, and uh, I've never had to see my family so much. Like in the morning, I leave, and they're just waking up. And then at night, you know, uh, by the time I get home, they're usually asleep. So it was really sad to kind of see them grow up so fast and not really be involved, except for on weekends and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. uh, so working from home has been a challenge because you're always with your kids, but it's also been a, a real big blessing as well. Like you know, you're always around them and you're involved in their lives and um, yeah, it's just a, it's a bit of a challenge keeping like, you know, when you're in the zone and you're in the zone, yeah. you're working and you're just the whole world fades away. Yeah. Uh, when you have kids like pulling your, your power cords out of your walls, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit harder to stay in the zone. But besides that, I'm just very grateful to be happy and healthy and employed during this totally. crazy time. So, yeah, I hear, I hear that a lot. That must be the split. You know how studios ask their employees these days, like, do you guys want to come back to the studio? There's, there's gotta be this hard split of people with kids and people without kids <laughs> and you know, who wants to go back and who doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do miss working with people, but I also really do like working home. So it'd be cool if there's a flexible option. I don't know how many studios would like that, but I think that would be really interesting. Uh, yeah. And also now, uh, and in a way it's also almost become a cliche to say that now there's no excuse for studios not to let people work from home because clearly it works Mm -hmm. yeah i I think so are you guys are you finding it's very seamless for your your line of work or how's it going for you guys um yeah transition atomic did a great transition pretty seamlessly and now it's kind of a norm i am at the end of a show so Mm -hmm. i'm curious what it's like for people to start new projects i think the team Mm -hmm. building is kind of challenging and also i feel like 
no matter how many little games you throw online, it's never going to replace the team building. So in, in some ways it feels like some days it feels like, man, why would you even try almost, you know, because it's just so hard to get that personality or that community across the screen. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what was going to say, oh yeah, there's the, uh, the work from home. Like if everyone's at home, I think it works really well. And then I think the, the mix maybe not work so well. Like if some people are in the office and some people are at home, I feel like that can kind of clash and not really work so well, but we'll see how things progress uh, as we kind of get out of this, but. Totally. I mean, we, we got this far and figured things out. Humans are pretty flexible creatures. So I, I think uh, that's right. we'll, we'll find another way. Um, so yeah. I do, I do want to talk about how your current life in your new or la latest job is, but mm -hmm. first, um, and I want to, uh, I want to start this way because I think there's going to be kind of little segments to uh, your, your journey. So interesting how you uh, went from animation to creating your own uh, properties really. And then mm -hmm. now also going deeper into tech. So um, I don't know if you find it, but I feel like like every second artist that you meet usually will tell you that they have this big idea or, you know, intellectual property they want to create, but it's almost to a point that it feels like these days IP has almost become a dirty word, but not many artists have accomplished and have gotten as much as you have, which is, uh, like I said, it's really inspiring. Um, how do you think you're able to get this far? How are we able to create you know, I think you started uh, Norman's Island and you got the big dinosaur and you recently released a trailer. And for people listening, you should check it out on littlemountainanimation.com. But how do you think, like a big question, how do you think you're able to achieve these uh, steps? Yeah, well, well, you know, it's not like, I try and do as much of it as I can by myself, but I really do depend on a couple of factors. Like my my spouse, she's really kind and she doesn't mind that I'm in the basement for two hours a night, just like tapping away at the keyboard and being a, a giant recluse. But um, uh, I also have a lot of friends who help out in these projects too. So um, uh, I, I often will hire them whenever I can or, you know, return the favor some way. Somehow I think I owe you many favors uh, for, for some kind of, you know, hard yeah. work that you've done on certain projects. Uh, and um uh, you know, I think it's just really my my whole philosophy is just baby steps. It's so it's like I have a friend who's like almost a bodybuilder who also helped out on this thing, and he's like just working out a little bit every day, and eventually you're in super shape. And I'm not in super shape; I'm the opposite because I sit at a computer all day. But uh, I like to um, just work for like an hour or two. Uh, every single day. And even though I'm not achieving massive steps each day, at the end of like six months to a year, you have a film or you have a, a IP or you have something that you can really sit back and look at. Um, and also I just try and turn my hobbies into something like, like I enjoy just animating on the side. Like I, that's really fun, but I look at it and I think, well, this animation, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing like a, run cycle why can't i make it my own character and then yeah. maybe she's running away from something and she's in a sci-fi world and now all of a sudden your your mind just starts kind of spinning and then you think how can i grow this into something else than just an animation cycle and uh it's been a fun exercise for sure but that, that, that it seems like you have this clarity or foresight maybe and even though it almost sounds like you're saying sometimes it happens by accident that a, an idea will inspire an idea that will inspire another idea. But um, 
you're creating with a goal in mind. Um, I'm just trying to think because, like I said, you know, we we all know many artists who think of these things who want to create it, but you know, there's generally something that separates people from actually achieving it. And maybe one of these things is like you're saying, perseverance, right? Being able to mm. spend whatever amount of time you have during uh, during the day, but also you're able to come up with these ideas. Um, mm. Maybe the, you know, maybe this would be a good uh, one. Then when did you think you knew you're ready to tackle these ideas? For, because it seems like, you know, they take quite a long time. You've achieved already a number mm -hmm. of things. Uh, is there a point where you started where you almost kind of allowed yourself to think, Hey, I think this is what I want to do when I have these ideas. And now I will actually take steps towards them. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, um, I, I wish that uh, I was a better writer, you know, and that's one thing that's definitely lacking and all the stuff I pitch, they're always like, yeah, it's cool, but we need to like shape it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh so I wish that I could say like, oh, I have a great idea, a super solid character motivation or like, a, you know, but I, I always start from a visual, uh, like a scene, something that I want to see. Like I want to see uh, a unicorn riding a jet bike. That would be really fun to, to match those two worlds. Now, how can I make that into something else? How can I like evolve a story around it? So I think in terms of visual moments, uh, and then I would start to build out around there as well. So even though, like, I just think unicorn on a jet bike, that's a great visual cue for me to start <laughs> writing stuff down, you know, and and uh, expanding that way. So does that kind of answer the question? I don't know. Um, it, it, no, that's just part of it. But it's interesting too what you said though, because I feel like that's how that's how I would come up with any ideas, and uh, I guess. Although you draw a lot too, I was going to say you come from animation background, but you also draw. But just for me, it's like when I come up with ideas or visuals, often it can be, here's a really cool thing that looks cool. Now I hope we can like write to it. And honestly, lately yeah. I've been thinking, and I think we can remember if Andy and I chatted about it, uh, like during the podcast or after it, but that idea of like, it would help a lot of us artists to team up with a good writer that gets us oh, and then have absolutely. that back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have that writer yeah. that you work with? No, no you're looking for one. Okay, Let's put yeah, it out. I there. would love, I would love to, yeah, chat with with more uh, production focused writers who know how to like build IPs and build worlds and even even like uh, just a solid pitch. It's something that I've learned the hardware way through lots of rejection. You know, like I pitched Norman's Island, which is now optioned by a, a animation studio, and. Um, I went to Annecy with it and it was super fun to go to Annecy. I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. uh, but like the amount of rejection that I got through my pitch, I learned, oh, this is what's working and this is what's not working. And yeah. it's something they don't really teach you and I don't really know where else to learn it. But it's like, it's just, you know, the school of hard knocks, I guess, is just mm -hmm. rejection and, and slight improvement. So um, yeah, but I would love to, you know, partner with someone who has, who's been through that already and, and can show yeah. me the, the way. It's a little bit less pain, painful. But uh, but do you think in this case, you would specifically need someone who has worked in animation or just a good writer? Like, or do you think that specific skill of like episode, episode writing and what does a pitch Bible look like? Is that what you need? Um, yeah, I mean, that would really be very helpful, but I don't think they have to be an animation background. I think a, a good writer knows, you know, how to write within a sandbox style television scenario where you know the sky's the limit and it can you set up these little um you know 
play areas in your sandbox so that the writers can like latch on to things and make a whole episode about that and you know whole character arcs and stuff and um, I guess when you're running kids television and it's not linear you kind of just need those staples so they can keep mm-hmm. returning to and all that kind of stuff um, but yeah working with I think any writer really would probably hopefully know that I don't know I'd love to talk to anyone. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah and and that's uh, and it's I think it would be such a good experience to uh, have that back and forth you know I've never had that but in my head isn't like if you did a cool sketch and it's like you know it's a turtle with a chair strapped to its back and you're like well why is that <laughs> let's come up with something you know, yeah, yeah. whatever but just and then uh-huh. seeing kind of just a, a sharing of ideas but with someone who whose craft is telling stories but like through writing because you tell stories you know you've animated for a long time you, you tell stories through acting motion whether you did action sequences or acting you've done those mm-hmm. things but I guess maybe generally what you control is a small piece within a bigger picture so you know, you tell yeah. stories, but in smaller ways. So you've done this. Yeah, before. it's true. Like, yeah, I feel like every animator, and this is probably true for every discipline uh, through the production cycle, we're all little mini directors, you know, like mm-hmm. when you are painting the light direction, you're kind of directing that little part of the story where it's like, you know, if I put the light this way, I can see the character's face and it looks more serious or scary or whatever. Uh, and if I'm animating, it's like, I want to make sure that this character personality trait comes through and, it, and it's seamless between the other shots in the sequence. And so it's like everyone throughout the production is a mini director. And um, it's just fun to kind of grow that and, and have ownership over the whole thing, which is fun. Totally. And so then what I was asking you earlier is that um, uh, when did you, because you're clearly busy working family, when did you embark on your first project and how did you know that you were going to do it? Mm, yeah, I, I had the idea for um, Norman's Island, which is about a, a kid who's marooned on an island full of robots. And he's kind of like stuck between uh, sort of like a, a civil war of robots. So it's like there's a bunch of good guys who've all lost the civil war and they're like just bumming around and he like buddies up with them. And then there's like all the bad guys doing their bad guy stuff. And I just kind of <laughs> like wanted like a story about a, a kid and but which has been done so many times, like Bumblebee and um, you know what else, Iron Giant, and yep. uh, there's so many stories like that. And um, I was working on that before I joined to work on Bumblebee, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, there's some <laughs> some similarities. Uh, it's yeah, but that's good. I think it's good to have some familiarities and then and then tweak it a little bit, but. Um, the idea just came to me one day to do that visual and then same thing, just reverse engineer and, and made a story around it. And um, I didn't, I, I saw a lot of stuff with the real time animation online. Like I'm really active on Twitter. That's probably where I'm always feeling gravitated towards. And I can just see so much stuff happening with the video game engines. Like it's just, they're, they're getting so powerful now. And uh, I didn't know anything about video game engines at that time. And so uh, I just started dabbling in unity and um I thought, hey, maybe I can make a, a movie out of this and in <laughs> Unity. Because uh, uh, lighting for me, I'll, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent now, but no, uh, really- lighting is is uh, so difficult for me because I don't like waiting for renders, you know? Like I hate setting up a light and then, and then <laughs> yeah. waiting to see what it looks like. But in a game engine, you can just start lighting and just start moving stuff around. It's really fun. And I'm not really good at it, but I'm learning. And um, it's fun to play uh, in that new kind of arena. 
Um, it, it's interesting you, you you touch on, I guess, unity in a tech side, so I will just flow with it. Uh, it seems sure. like you must have always had an interest in, interest in technology on top of the arts. Is that true? I think you kind of have to nowadays um, in order to stay employed. <laughs> Don't you but think? those two are different. <laughs> but those two are different because I think, you know, if you... Uh, some people can resist it. You know, if you wanted to, you could just stick yeah. with Toon Boom and do 2D animation for a while. But it seems like, and yeah. I'm only, see, I'm just assuming that you have an interest just from, like I was checking out your blog and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you talk about trying to figure out an easier way to do a handheld camera in 3D. You talk about yeah, yeah. Uh, finding easier ways to do motion capture. That's, you know, that's not your average person who's trying to stay away from tech. Like you're, <laughs> you seem to be into it. Um, and I'm yeah, sure yeah. it must've been useful in your journey. Yeah, I think my dad always says, uh, give a lazy man a hard job and he'll find an easy way to do it. And uh, <laughs> that was when we were like building houses and stuff. And so I was like, all right, let's, let's, how can we think more efficiently? That's probably the smarter way of saying things. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I like doing all that kind of stuff because when you're working at home, time is your enemy. You don't have any time. Yep. And uh, so I'm thinking, I want a handheld camera. I don't want to animate a camera. Yeah. I don't want to track <laughs> footage. I just want to like mocap my own camera. How do I do that? And then I was like, oh, I have a VR headset. I can probably get the motion off of that. And then I yeah. just do some Googling and slap them together and it worked out pretty good. That's awesome. But, but <laughs> in the fact that you're doing motion capture too, because that's like, a, that could be a dirty word in animation world. Yeah, no judgment I know here. a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> I don't. I didn't really do too much of motion capture for the like, characters, but for cameras mm-hmm. and a little bit. I mean, I, I do a little bit just to test it out for the characters. But um, yeah, it's just fun to play and see see what you can do with um, very little time and resources. You know, uh, that's the other well, thing too. It's like the qual- the quality of my shorts aren't really they're not like you know feature film quality. They're they're like barely broadcast quality. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to see what you can do with nothing, with no money and a very small team. So Man, but there's yeah. so much charm to it. And honestly, I've actually been thinking about this before we started talking, how um, there's certain things, and I think you, could, you see that in every type of art, there's certain things that the fact that they are raw, I guess maybe that's the word, that actually mm-hmm. makes them better. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of an example. Like if you go to a really big gallery and after your 50th painting of a Renaissance master, you're like, I'm bored. I'm tired of the stuff that's the best in the world. It's like yeah, yeah. In, in, in the way it's rendered. And then you see a nice impressionistic piece and you're like, holy crap, this is beautiful. And, and yeah, those, you know, those worlds are very different and uh, you know, not one is, you know, it's not like one is better than the other, especially in the world of art, but there's charm. Or for example, like, I don't know if you followed this artist, uh, Pascal Campion. Um, oh, yeah. He's been so. he's been doing uh, quite a lot of work. I mean, he's been posting a lot. And there are more, uh, he would often draw paintings of his family. And he would be kind of in a similar situation as you. It would be in the evenings. And in some ways, they're raw or more rough. But I don't know, man. I think that's what actually made them better. And on top of all of this, the time constraint that we have, it's a, you know, it's a real problem. It's a real thing that everyone has. So, um, yeah. In some ways, I don't think it's your enemy. In fact, uh, or like that constraint, it actually potentially made your work better because you had to get to the point quicker. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, I think the way it turned out and how the time 
played a role in this. I, uh, I see it as like a strength. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Um, uh, it. They always say sometimes in animation, like, you know what, it's not the best shot in the world, but it tells the story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it gets, gets you through it. And I've, that's been ingrained in my head in the world for a while because um, um, when you're pitching stuff, especially when you're making IPs, like they don't necessarily want to see the most fleshed out thing in the world. It's sometimes better if it's a bit rough because then they can bring something to it from their perspective a little bit as well, mm -hmm. which is nice. And in terms of like comparing the artwork, like I've always loved hands, like, like the rough 2D animation. Like if I look at a Glenn yeah. Keane drawing, I'm yep. like, I, I love that drawing the way it is. I, w I hate the fact that they cleaned it up and put it in the movie and colored it. Like, just leave it line drawing in the movie. I think it's just so beautiful. And um, you can just feel the artist behind it, like the motion behind it. It's just so interesting. And they can't help uh, but kill some life in it. It's just, it, it, yeah. it would never translate. Uh, no matter how good the artist is, it just doesn't translate. Um, well, it, yeah, and then also it like kids would be like, "What the hell is this? Why is Tarzan a giant scribble or whatever?" <laughs> Good point. And that's why I think like this is this is why you know it's an artist talk because you know like we yeah. certainly for because we appreciate the craft so much. I think the some of the aesthetics you and I look at is not what an average person may look at. Yeah, it's. I think it's important to always think about your audience. Like, look at everything through the audience and. Um, that's why I always, it's so good to have little kids run around because I can be like, hey, is this making me <laughs> laugh? And they, they'll tell you right away if it's good or bad. <laughs> uh, funny. Um, yeah. it, it actually, it seems that um, for you, having kids must have made it more clear for the kind of art that you, you want to make. It seems like, you know, even with Big Dinosaur, it seems like your love for your family and your kids is in it. Do you feel like you've become a different person since having kids? Oh yeah, that's a great question. I absolutely do think that um, for good and for better and worse, like I don't see my friends anymore. Even before COVID, I was like, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I do think like uh, as, as fun as like adult animation is like, you know, Love Death Robots and stuff. I just mm -hmm. don't really, I'm not, I'm just not really interested in that right now. Like I will be probably later on, but right now mm -hmm. it's just, um, how can I make people laugh? How can I make people like, you know, their hearts warm, especially now during like create these crazy times. When when COVID first hit, I started and I started making like these really crappy big dinosaur episodes, like really rude, not rude, but crude uh, models and like everything yeah. was even more, even more low budget than it is right now. <laughs> uh, but people like, I got emails from so many people from around the world saying like that made me laugh. I've been a teacher and I've been, you know, just stressed out of my mind or <laughs> I'm a nurse and I'm, I'm at my wits end and stuff like that. And uh, well, that just really made, that just really made it like, you know, all worthwhile, even though it's just a stupid little dinosaur with the kid's voice stomping around. Like, it's just like a silly little thing, but it relieves some tension in people's lives. And I think that's actually, you know, pretty cool. That's well, it's super valuable. I love the fact that people take the time to actually write to you. But and it, yeah, it's it's been great. And I think you and I also can think of it this way. You know, how often does our artwork or one's artwork can actually make a difference in someone's emotion? You know, like in a way, that's the fact that people were cheered up by that. That's probably like the ultimate. I don't know as far as art purpose goes. I mean, you could change ideas and minds, but that's pretty up there, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, really, especially these days, 
if we can if we can just make someone's life a little bit better because I, I mean totally. a friend of mine is a doctor a friend of mine's a yeah. doctor and and <laughs> her her husband is an animator and so he's like he comes home he's like oh i had the worst day like oh my rig <laughs> was broken and oh i just like director didn't approve my shot honey how's your day and she's like oh yeah uh someone died it's like oh, okay like it's just not even so mm -hmm. like like if we can do something that just relieves some kind of makes someone's life a little bit better then what what better thing can we do you know totally yeah and, and it's, it's yeah go it's the beautiful thing about our job like, like like so many of your illustrations like they transport me you know like they really take oh. me to a different place and they really make me feel like what is this character thinking or feeling or you know, and I think that is so, so important. And um, there's such value in that, that, yeah, no, no worries. Thanks. Yeah. And, uh, and it's interesting. Um, I don't know, because I, I don't know if I often or think about it often enough, but it would be interesting to create with that in mind. And it's, it's cool that you mentioned that you think of your audience, but I think in a way that will, yeah, it will naturally change the kind of art that you would make. Mm -hmm. and, I'm just trying to kind of internalize and think about how often have I created a piece of artwork of thinking of like who would be the person on the other side receiving it because sometimes as art artists we can be quite selfish in that way and it doesn't mean that the result will not bring something to people in fact if you're honest to yourself it will so that writing that balance because sometimes you've you probably seen artists who probably think too much about the audience and I think that's how you often end up with like you know, fan art or, you know, people being mm -hmm. kind of stuck and catering to the audience. And yeah, it's a tough one. How do, uh, how, uh, that, how yeah. do you think you find the middle? I, I think that's, it's, it's kind of um, like, I don't want to give the audience exactly what they want. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I, I just want to view it through their eyes as, as if like, they don't always know what they want. I feel like that's the thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, what was that quote from Henry Ford? Like, if people wanted, if I gave people what they wanted, I'd give them a faster horse. Instead, he built, you know, the cars. Mm. And, uh, um, mm. I think that that is interesting. And um, I, I I see it in, in so many comic book movies and stuff where they're kind of catering to the audience. But yeah. some of them do it right, where they reinvent the, the characters or they, like, elevate it in a certain way or they make a statement about something. I think that's interesting because it's like, yes, as a, as a fan of this superhero, I am mm -hmm. pleased, but I'm also thinking about something else now, which I think is great. But then, I don't know, I'm not, I'm going on a tangent, but <laughs> keep going, man. That's what this, it's a long form podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. We, that's what we do here. Just from yeah. tangent to tangent. I don't know. I, I can't compare my stuff to the superhero movies. They're way better. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, it's just, I, I just feel like, not. yeah. <laughs> I know there's a four hour justice league movie coming out. Are you going to, are you going to watch it? <laughs> I'll consider it. I mean, everyone's trying to hype it up. So have you worked on that one? <laughs> no, I didn't work on that one, but I did work on Batman versus Superman, which you did um, do that. Very nice. I did do that one, but you know what? Not the best movie, but uh, Zack Snyder was super cool to work with. Like he would animate something and he's like, yeah, I really like it. Good. And then, but normally like, she shows him to Michael Bay and he's like, this is garbage. Redo it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Has Zack Snyder worked on Michael Bay movies? <laughs> no shade. <laughs> no shade. Has Zack Snyder, do you know if he's like, did he go through some sort of art path? The fact that he, you know, he's maybe understanding more about animation? 
I don't know, actually. I don't know much about his past. I think he's been a music video director and stuff. So maybe he knows more about the collab. I have no idea. No idea. Because generally, <laughs> I feel like when people are so straightforward in knowing what they want, but also not just that, so straightforward about knowing to pick your battles. To me, mm. in our industry, that's someone who's gone through some tough pipelines and had to learn a lesson, or they're just naturally that. But generally, it's like you're probably working some low budget stuff and you figured out that 90% doesn't matter. Get that 10% that you really need, fight for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I really I do like that. Again, no question there. We're just uh, chatting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so back to you're saying how uh, having kids and the way you started, like, I mean, even how this project uh, popped up, but uh, I'm just curious about, and I, I know I asked this, but before having kids, did you, did your goals about what you wanted to create with your work even, were those different and then they, they shift? You know, it's interesting because I, I feel like when, before I had kids, um, I felt like I had an abundance of time and I did nothing with it, you know, like I never would sit down and, and uh, animate at night and I would very rarely, you know, make a project like the ones I've done now since having kids. And it's weird because people always say like, how do you find the time for this? And I think it's because I only have 45 minutes at night. I have only a tiny sliver where I can do something. Uh, so I try and get the most out of that 45 minutes or whatever. Um, and that's, that's the only way I can do it. Uh, otherwise- Emily teaches you discipline. <laughs> I, I guess so. And it's also kind of like, oh, they're finally asleep. I have 45 minutes where I can do my own thing <laughs> and just put on music and just kind of like, because animating is you're, you're just Zen sometimes. Like yeah. you're just in the mo in the, in the zone and you just kind of, you know, zone everything out. So, and it's kind of a nice place to be for a while. Yeah. Just tracking those arcs, just arcs. Yeah. <laughs> move this keyframe. Good times. Actually, do you, do you miss it? Do you I, miss I was it? just going to say, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I missed something about it. And I, in fact, I've lately have been considering learning like Toon Boom or some 2D animation. And the reason mm. I want to do that is, I mean, kind of like because of what you're doing in a way. I think sometimes because, you know, not every artist wants to spend their time on someone else's idea. Like, you know, some people don't really mm -hmm. want to volunteer and it's, it's unfair. Everyone's got their things they want to make. So in some ways, in order to be your own production or to get an idea to a point where other people would be excited to work on it. I think having some animation skills will be very useful. And I think 2D is also a quicker way to get your idea across. You know, you don't need to rig, you don't need to model. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I miss something about animation. Um, I don't know, it's a fun craft. I, you know, I didn't stop doing it because I hated it. It was more like I like design more, but uh, animation mm -hmm. on its own is very interesting. I think uh if you do too much tv animation i imagine you kind of get bored of the same shot so in some ways maintaining your own craft on the side is a must in order to love animation like you know to really yeah. love the uh, you know making sure you tackle every principle and all that yeah 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 i think you know for a lot of when i was working in tv animation you just always felt like you wanted to climb to that next level of skill or, or achieve something. Mm -hmm. And when I was working in TV animation, there was no like real film industry in Vancouver for animation. Um, so everyone was always like, you know, let's go to Disney, let's go to Pixar, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them did, you know, a lot of them are there now. And um, it, it's just, you know, you just gotta 
if you're interested in it and you're passionate about it, you know, it's totally possible to, to climb that ladder, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. And these days, oh, especially right now, our industry is booming so much that there seems to be an abundance of work. I see mm-hmm. every other studio looking, especially for animators. Um, yeah. Because the teams need to be so big, you know, generally there's more chances of getting into that position. Um, it's true. Yeah. Like I, I think, what was it? Sony had like 200 animators at some point. I can't remember. I, I'm sure somebody, someone's listening to this. It's like, actually it's this number, but uh, yeah, there <laughs> it's is wild. That's a huge, that's an army, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Actually, I don't know if I knew this. I mean, cause we may have talked about this, but I, I was uh, looking at your blog. I didn't realize we, you and I did the same or I did the same uh, animation mentor program as you did the animals and creatures oh, masterclass. Yeah? yeah. That was, oh, a, who was your mentor? Nicole, Nicole. I don't remember the last name, man. I should have. Oh, okay. Who was uh, teaching you that one? Uh, Sean Kelly was one of my. Oh, you, my you got you got that guy. He's awesome. I love that guy. Um, he's a. And then. Yeah. He uh, just he's been on island forever, and um, uh, working with him was actually super cool. It was just like I can't believe this is happening. It's just like, I don't know. Sometimes when you're, cause he, he was working on the star Wars prequels when I was in school yeah. and I would read his blog and being like, Oh man, this guy's, he's just working on, he started at school working at star Wars. That's amazing. Uh, so sometimes you just kind of like look up to certain people. And, yeah. And he's like, a, he's living and breathing animation. He's the kind of guy who's yeah. like, he's, he's animation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, if you go anywhere with him to like a, like it, it, like he came to the island of Vancouver a number of times. It just gets hounded by everyone. Like, hey, Sean. Like, cause you know everyone knows him and loves him. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool. My instructor was Nicole Hare. Um, oh but yeah. To, okay. Co- what you're saying earlier that you're right. There's also a lot of resources to get to where you want to, um, just because you know you can learn from basically the best people in the industry. Uh, really. Oh, so yeah. You know. Yeah, now nowadays learning um, these skills is just like I'm. I wish I was back in school with no obligations <laughs> because uh, you would have just the spoils of riches of knowledge. You know, it's Dude, so cool. There's so much. Think going of on. <laughs> think of how good you'd be at Blender right now. I know. I'd be so, I, I'm doing the donut right now. The donut <laughs> tutorial, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm just trying to find the passion in making the donut, but it's tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Plus, you know. That, yeah. um, the kind of stuff you can make so the going back to the slowness of learning that's a that's a interesting i mean it's a very important feeling to go through i think especially as we get older mm-hmm. right as you get better at stuff you don't want to go back to being a noob at something uh yeah i kind of like being a noob at stuff though it's fun because i mean means you've learned you learned how to be enjoy that process yeah i mean like it's fun to know that you suck at something and so whatever you do no matter how much it sucks it's like hey at least it's a little bit better than yesterday's <laughs> donut. You know what I mean? Totally. Like every day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I, I, totally. I started playing bass guitar recently just, and it's like, it's, 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 you know, what's nice is that because I feel like I put so much pressure on myself of trying to be good visual artist as I'm learning bass, it's mm. like, because there's no pressure of being excellent. It's so nice to like be a beginner, but just enjoy that. That's the secret, man. I think it's just to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the first episode, the first thing, the first shorts I made are not good, but it's fun to just enjoy it and let it, like Big Dinosaur, if you go on YouTube and you look at the first episode, it's garbage. It looks terrible, but it's fun to be in that rough stage and, uh, you know, explore. Look at the people. It's so fun. 
uh, while you enjoy the process. Yeah. But the, the, but also that means I think you found what you truly love and it's hard to find. And I think it's, that's really hard to mm. find, especially when there is pressures of either being good at something or being recognized for being useful to society or a job or something. And that can often override the, maybe the search or even understanding of what it is that you love. Um, mm. it, it's super hard to find. Like, did you think you stumbled mm-hmm. upon it or you, you were just lucky to, like, you just, it just happened and you found out what you liked that much? No, I think I always kind of, like, I came out of the womb, like, drawing people and stuff and drawing weird <laughs> characters. So, I mean, I, I kind of knew that, like, all my, I feel bad for all my friends in high school and stuff because they probably thought I was an insane person because I was <laughs> obsessed with, with, like, drawing and animation. And they're like, this kid is just a weirdo. Um so I don't know. How about you? Did you did you kind of uh, always love it, or or I always drew and painted. Um, it was a thing I did. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, at a certain point, I'm sure I kind of did it just because it felt like that's a thing I did. You know, sometimes I felt like mm-hmm. uh, you know around high school probably kept it up just because you know I'm the guy who does this. But I, I enjoyed it. But you know, I did end up going to school for animation, and I did switch to design. And I think with every job, you learn the things you like and you don't. But I don't think it's still the same as finding an answer to what it is you truly love, unless you're lucky that that's the exact thing what you love. You know, for example, the fact that you're making your own your own projects during your free time, to me, that means your job doesn't give you 100% satisfaction in your yeah. pursuit of art. So clearly the yeah. job didn't give it to you. So that's not where you found it, I imagine. You had to find mm. You must have had to find it by, I don't know, like trial and error and doing your own things and knowing and feeling like even though it's 11 p.m. and you should probably go sleep, you actually like this more. So you're going to do it. Right? It's true. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I was first starting this stuff, like I could not think of anything else. Like, you know, I was just it, it was just consuming and I just couldn't wait to get home uh, and animate on my own stuff. And um, yeah, absolutely. Like it's just the passion kind of just consumes you and um you're constantly thinking about how I can make it better. Even yeah. like that's that's kind of the nice thing about when I was driving my commute is I'd always just be, I put on some music and I would just think in my head of the edit and like, oh, this, if I change this shot here and I add another shot here, <laughs> it'll be better. And I think I think that's common um, for a lot of people. Do you ever feel that way? Like, do you ever get consumed yeah, yeah. by that kind of stuff? Or, yeah. But yeah. also I think that there's a value about time off that you're talking about. And um, mm-hmm. although it depends on how you, what your process is like but time away is certainly important and i i'm only realizing it probably lately because you know your first instinct is to like go all hours into it all the time but it may not be actually the best no i i 100 agree like right now especially i'm a little bit burnt out i don't know i don't know i know you took an intermission uh from the podcast and stuff yeah um and and I, i think if you ever like I've gone through the burnout stage before and people always say, Oh yeah, I've been burnt out. But like often you don't really know what it's, what it is until after you've had it. And like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's just like this soul crushing, uh, like you're just struggling just those most even basic things. You just just have a hard time doing. And um, so now I just, I'm very conscious of uh, conscious of, of, listening to my body and listening to my mind and just uh, saying, okay, I'm a bit burnt out. I'm going to sit yeah. back, just play video games at night, just go for walks, you know, do whatever I got to do because uh, spending too much time, especially during COVID now, like I, we barely leave our houses. Uh, it's yeah. nice to step away whenever you can. Yeah. And when you have that burnout, it's also, 
it's like feeling lost and feeling mm-hmm. like you lost something and also because i think it must be the same for you as it is for me because you seem you really love the craft but it's because mm-hmm. it's such a big part of you and it's what often you do look forward to in your day it's like you really it really drains you and like uh, i can mm-hmm. really understand what you're saying you really it's like you don't know yourself you kind of like, absolutely yeah and i had this where i was i was struggling so bad on, on captain marvel actually and i just was like and I, part of it is i think i put so much of my own identity into this animation persona like like animation was such a big part of me so if i was having a, a hard time and i was like sucking at it I would think, oh, obviously I'm a bad person. I have no worth if I can't do this one thing, you know? And of course that's bizarre and a strange way of thinking. But when you're, when you're in these thoughts that just kind of keep circling around your head and you have production deadlines that you're missing because you're not, you know, able to achieve it. um, It's not a healthy place to be. And uh, yeah, it's tough. And there's no real, I don't know, solution. I guess, but it's also the danger of the industry, especially the effects that you did, right? You guys do a ton of crunch. Yeah. So you yeah. sometimes you, even if you think you live the healthiest lifestyle, it's still going to burn you out hard. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's funny, like uh, at a tech company now, we can talk about this if you want, but like, it's different yes, because I feel like, I feel like I'm on a leash. I just want to be let go. I just want to run. I just want to like be an animator. I just want to make art and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so you have so much pent up like excitement and passion, but when you're in a VFX place, it's like, it's the opposite of way around. It's like, you're running a marathon all the time <laughs> and you might get like a weekend off and you're like, Oh, this is amazing. And then Monday morning you're back in the marathon. Um, it's actually interesting. So yeah. How was it, how was it for you to, so I think you've worked over 10 years as an animator, uh mm-hmm. maybe even more uh, i think in the effects the effects industry and then you did this big shift to unity technology so um mm-hmm. was that a hard decision to make for you um you know i really miss uh, ilm and the people there um because i always felt like the guys that i was the guys and, and girls that I was sitting next to um were like the, some of the best in the world. So it's just like, you're learning from the best people in the world and they're learning from you. And it's like, I don't know, it's just super um, fun and exciting uh, to be in that environment. Uh, but Unity, I feel like um, it's, it's the unknown and there's so many interesting problems that we can solve by using this technology and uh, having, like there's not too many artists there either. So it was like a really unique opportunity to be a part of uh, a company that um, is not as insane production wise as VFX, which is, you know, a big part of it. Uh, but also just to like, to really kind of build the future of what we do, you know, is, is really interesting. Um, and to see if, you know, I can have a, a hand in, in guiding people into using Unity and making cool shorts or whatever they want, or games or whatever they want to make. I think that's pretty cool. You know, like I, I felt like I've done all the stuff that I really wanted to do. You know, I worked on a Star Wars and I made a Transformers and whatever. And I was like, what do I want to do now? Like what's next? And Unity uh, mm-hmm. came along and I thought this could be a really exciting, cool time. So, yeah, I, I did, think it was good. Did you feel like, um, uh, it's really great to hear that that's how the switch went. Did you feel like, how much? How much was animation part of your identity? And that's why I was asking if it was hard to switch. And it does, it seems like, uh, yeah. 
was it painful to be because all of a sudden like you said you have a crew you you, yeah. you have this group of people and now you're not part of that uh, identity it's still you're still an animator but you know what i mean you did a shift of like yeah yeah eight, eight hours a day changed yeah absolutely and i do miss it a lot like i feel like um uh i still feel like i'm an animator i still would call myself that even though i don't animate too much anymore at my day job mm. um uh and i do miss that definitely a part of my identity but also like after being burnt out and realizing how much i associated my own worth as like an animator i realized that's not really healthy and it's mm -hmm. good to have a change in your goals and your identity as well so yeah it's all yeah. it's all good no totally and but that's why yeah it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because you're talking about how like the burnout during work when you're saying you're not meeting the deadlines and because people yeah. put so much weight on that like you are the tool that makes things move so like you know in yeah. some ways it's it, it's got to be heavy and and it's so different from making your personal animation right it's like a, it's not the same thing almost yeah it's really rewarding to have like to be your own boss that way to be your own like client <laughs> and be like uh that, that's good enough tells the story move along and that's always <laughs> super rewarding it, it actually like gives me energy and passion like i love it so <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah um actually i want i had another question about Unity. what is your so you're a senior artist what is it what does that mean at yeah. unity technologies well you know it's different uh for every senior artist that's there um i think when I was hired there, I was helping out on um, the Disney did a couple of shorts for um, Baymax Dreams, they call it, and they use Unity to animate mm -hmm. like, I think it was three two minute short films. Um, and it, it's kind of like spans the, a, a gamut of um, like, you're not just an animator. There's not really, I think there's like two or three other animators there that only animate and um, uh, when I was hired, it's more like we kind of need someone who's more of a storyteller, creator type person. So it's not really animator. It's not really director. It's just kind of like you have to wear a bunch of different hats. And so it's like, mm -hmm. OK. And they're like, and you can do your own stuff uh, when there's time in between things. I was like, cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and that hasn't really panned out so much. I've been pretty busy doing other stuff, but <laughs> I've been in my free time <laughs> at night still doing my own stuff. Uh, and since then, it's I've kind of shifted teams a couple of times, and because uh, things are in this tech world are always kind of shifting, and they pull people from all over places, and mm -hmm. so our team has moved around a lot. But um, I think that's the one exciting thing that I love about working in real time is like you're not just one discipline. It's like mm -hmm. you're so the disciplines merge and overlap so easily. Like it's it's so much easier to edit and direct and light and animate all at the same time. So, uh, you, you know, you're in that editor and you're able to, to do that. And so it's, it's kind of fun and it and opens a lot of doors creatively. Totally. And it's so cool that you're working with the people who make the software that you use to make your own things. It's, it's perfect in a way that it's how it's worked out. Um, yeah, yeah. It was really cool because they, they saw Norman's Island. They got really behind it and we started talking and then a position came up and they were like, come join us. I was like, okay, sure. You want to talk about that because you touched on it a little bit, but I think it's got to be an amazing story how you got to Annecy. I mean, that's like mecca of beautiful 2D, especially animation, right? Yeah. 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 Have you been before? I never. I, I hopefully one day, but it seems amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. I, so I went to the last, the last one 
in person, uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever year that was, 2019. And uh, it was such a, it's a, such a beautiful place. Like if you guys are listening to this and you're always like, Oh, I always want to go to Annecy, like, just go, like it's expensive <laughs> to get over there. Uh, but it's a week of animation nerds, just all crashing the most beautiful place in the world. Uh, and, uh, it's just so funny. Like wherever you go for lunch, like I'll just be sitting there by myself. Cause I don't know anybody. I went completely alone. Uh, and then I'll be hearing people next to me talking about whatever animation. And then I was like, oh, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to over here, but I worked on that or something. And then they're like, oh, hey, let's talk. And then you have like friends instantly. And then you just like, I don't know, just start walking around. And at nighttime, you just talk to other artists and there's everyone's drinking beer, walking around. And it was just like super fun. And um, and it was fun pitching the, the show. I learned a lot about that, the whole pitching process. Um, it's kind of awkward too. Like you feel like a salesman and you're like, Hey, yeah. I got all these, all these wares, check them out. Like come buy my stuff. And I, I don't like that aspect of it, but um, you know, that's what they're there for. So. <laughs> but hopefully also, I hope that as you continue building your projects, the work speaks for, well, I mean, it already does, but hopefully with your reputation and you know, where you've worked and where you're working, like you've building such a, a credible persona, I guess you could say, it's just like, I, I, I don't see, why people wouldn't trust you. The only thing is probably like you're saying you're working on your writing, but I also feel like you mm. managed to fake your way pretty well. If you don't feel like you're a good writer, the fact, I, I don't know, like the, all the things that you showed me for Norman's Island when I was uh, helping you with some of those designs, I mean, everything seemed like it fit and it was working well together. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm a little hard on myself. Like I, I like the writing process. It's just is the hardest part from me mm -hmm. you know yeah and it takes like for stuff that even seems basic in terms of storytelling like the storytelling mm -hmm. basics sometimes when you're there with like writing it out it takes a while to get to those points for me at least um yeah. so i've started taking notes while i watch movies and uh, that actually really does help because you just break them down and when you're watching a movie i just get lost in like like the visuals like oh that light yeah. is really cool and oh how did they pull that camera move off and i kind of <laughs> you know that's where my mind goes so it's nice to take notes on story and um focus on that stuff it's interesting how your uh, ways of analyzing art have shifted as your career has shifted right um mm -hmm. the, your your needs are different now so you pay attention to the different kind of stuff it's true it. yeah it's like i always think like when i bought a volkswagen I would never see them. And then after I bought one, I see them <laughs> everywhere. And it's just because that's what you're looking for now, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh man, I had another question, but I forgot. I guess I get, while, okay. uh, oh, just too many things. While you're working on your like current projects these days, how many ideas do you have in the back of your head that you also want to pursue? Like, cause you got multiple stuff going on. How yeah. much, how many, how I much more you got? <laughs> That's a great question. I had a couple of ideas. Um, uh, I'm from the Okanagan in, in Kelowna, and I really wanted to do uh, an Ogopogo uh, story, which because <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Kelowna, but the Ogopogo is like the worst thing because it's originally uh, a First Nations like um, folklore story. And okay. a bunch of like settlers heard about this thing and they made it into like a sea like serpent and it's the tackiest ugliest thing <laughs> and a bunch of like people say they have seen the sea serpent but if you actually like read the original story from the first nations people um mm -hmm. it's it's super like interesting and i feel like it'd be really fun to do 
like an authentic telling of that story. But then I realized I'm not the guy to tell that story. Like, even though I'm from Kelowna, I grew up with that stuff. Like that story is not mine to tell. And mm -hmm. I'm just some average white guy. And I don't want to make the same mistakes that the other people have made coming before yeah. me. Um, and uh, so, I mean, like I had an idea for that for a while. I've got a couple other things that are just kind of rolling around and um, I don't like to pay too much attention to them uh right now because i'm working on the full the full trailer for magic and machines the okay what i released was just a teaser and i want to make that a, a full short um i want to put all my free mental energy into that right now but do you you that's, must have stuff rolling around <laughs> yeah man that's some self-discipline though i'm trying to think yeah i got honestly i think because for a while i was coming up with a couple of things and then i started being really hard on myself about the fact that my writing is not good and i think it was probably unhealthy that I really stopped, but I think, I think as what we talked about in the, in the beginning is an image, an image can tell such a, such a big story because it's so mm -hmm. constrained and every person will build something out of it. I really like that kind mm -hmm. of storytelling. So I got to do things, but actually similar to what you're saying right now, um, that short that I sent you that I'm working on, I have to, yeah, I love it. Thanks, man. I have to be diligent and stick with it because like, yes, it's too, it's too tempting to just jump on the next thing because um, it, it, maybe there's more instant gratification as you start on something, you know, you got that new idea. Lately, I've been doing a bunch of practice for my just work since I haven't been painting as much while I'm art directing, mm -hmm. but in a way that's still also a distraction from this big goal because you know what, like working on something where you, you know, put in a couple of hours a day and hopefully in two years you build something uh there's very there's not a lot of reward along the way so it's that mental discipline yeah. that you have to stick with it and so i'm kind of the, i'm in this area where i'm trying to also like i write down some ideas but i really should just stick with it i i, I gotta get it yeah. you know yeah i think i think also <clears throat> this era that we're in with instagram and social media where you constantly have to be working and you constantly have to be producing and otherwise <laughs> you don't have relevance and followers and stuff like mm -hmm. Man, that's that's the hardest thing like you want to work on these larger projects that fulfill you and propel your career forward like your short film i feel like is going to do amazing once it gets released into the world mm, so I, I just Thanks. feel like the visuals the visuals and the storytelling are super solid and I'm, I'm spoiling this for everyone out there so sorry guys <laughs> it's great uh, Thanks, uh yeah no worries but like you also probably have like you know, I don't know how many followers you have on Instagram, but it's probably like a million. And um, they're probably like, we need some more paintings. Where is this guy? Why is he slacking? So that's going to be hard. How do you balance that? Actually, luckily, nobody is asking me for any paintings. I don't think uh, it's actually a nice, uh, it's got to be a nice thing that nobody actually cares. Uh, that's not true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message you right now. <laughs> but I think it's, it's healthy, you know, and it's like, it's, I think it's like an antidote to the need to post in social media it's like realizing that in fact you i mean that's how i do it for myself but it's like in fact i don't matter or that pressure doesn't matter that much you know because who controls you like you do and and it's actually mm -hmm. uh, I, while we're in this topic i feel like sometimes it, it seems sad when you see an artist post like hey sorry i've been too busy but it's like, why are you apologizing, yeah. man? It's like, we are lucky to have you. So when you <laughs> post, like, do whatever you want. But you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a weird thing that the mind games that have worked on us. And it's so strange. Like, can you imagine Michelangelo's, like, painting the Sistine Chapel? And he's like, sorry, it's taking so long, guys. 
Sorry, I just got a. <laughs> I'm just on my back for the next 40 years, just finishing yeah, yeah. this. Uh, exactly. That's what makes it great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, it, but it is a strange time, like you said, in, in the sense that uh, it feels like pe- people are pumping out work. And of course, we're not seeing behind their lives, uh, you know, what else is going on, because maybe nothing else is going on. And you just. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I, I think that's a tricky one to get around. And it's interesting that, yeah. you know, social media in this form has existed for quite a while, but there's no clear, um, you know, it's not like there's a clear solution to people getting around it. You know, maybe there's some books, but you, I'm sure you know a lot of artists who are struggling with it still. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tough to maintain a presence like that. And, you know, the, the phrase is you're only as good as your last work or whatever that, yeah. I, I don't know, I feel like it's just tough, man. The whole arts is just, I don't know. My whole thing is just enjoy it. Just have fun, make the blender donut, be terrible at it and have a a good time doing it. Powerful. There you go. That's gotta be the quote for the quote for the podcast. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, it's just like trying not to care about the speed of how things are made because, you know, you mentioned the Sistine Chapel. It's like, Mm-hmm. The good things do take a long, long time. And um, of course, you know, CG has made it possible to make good things quicker, but in reality, everything will take a long time. And it's that lesson. And again, probably a cliche that everyone's telling us to slow down, but in, you know, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if you want to well, make something of substance, right? Yeah, it's true. And, and um, I mean, maybe if you're just like a, like a, I don't know, expressionist type painting that, that can do a bunch of paintings in a weekend or whatever, and it's just more raw emotion, then maybe mm-hmm. that's cool. But um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> No, but, uh, but that's an interesting point, though, because uh, sometimes the things that look easy are actually quite time consuming. Uh, I was reading about uh, John Singer Sargent's work and, you know, you know, one of the best impressionist painters uh, that ever lived, but, you know, you could, you know, with Saroya, although it's an opinion, but um, <laughs> he, he made his work, like, it looked like a dance, but he's the kind of artist who took quite a bit of time. And often he actually was uh, the kind of artist who like, if the brushstroke didn't work or something like that, you just erase and restart. So, um, mm. you know, like to get to the level of spontaneous looking painting that he did, um, it actually took a long time. So in some ways, while, yeah, uh, I, I think while some That's paintings can be quick, even like the stuff like that, yeah, I think it would become time consuming. Or I think there's ways to make it more complex while being quick. Um, I don't know where it's going, but mm-hmm. like, think about it this way, right? Like if you got a two meter by two meter canvas and you went outside and you wanted to paint a tree, Regardless of your style, mm-hmm. you're going to be there. If you want to do a diligent job and be accurate mm-hmm. to what you're seeing, it should take you weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I agree. And it's certainly something about yeah. spontaneous work. Think about like you've done through live drawing classes, right? Think about the gesture drawing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a good 30 second drawing is uh, can be beautiful, but man, to get to a good 30 second drawing, you're going to spend weeks just trying to get that line quality down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so true. It's so true. You gotta know your worth and know that even though it's a simple drawing, it could you know to get there it takes a while. It's so cool. Um, I was curious. Have you tried like doing grease pencil blender, all that kind of stuff? Have you? I, I, do you feel like that's the future? Like what of your illustration? I feel like a lot of illustrators are doing the whole three D thing now. I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's it's. 
I feel like for the job, especially for concept art or design job, it's almost becoming a must for a lot of them. Um, mm. I want, I need to learn it. I, I've been learning some Blender stuff just to keep up. Lighting is really easy. So I'm sure it's similar mm -hmm. to, because real-time render with Eevee, probably similar to Unity, that um, mm -hmm. it's so satisfying to affect, just adjust lighting and mood. So that's huge. Grease pencil I haven't gotten into, but it's so powerful that at some point I'll have to. And here, so here's my dilemma I'll tell you, and I want to hear what you think. Okay. Um, and this is something that I spoke with my friends, uh, Patrick Clancy specifically, who's like a, a quite a wizard in Blender. But it seems like a lot of artists are picking up Blender these days, but often misguided for what the purpose of, of it is. As in, mm -hmm. if you're an artist and you're really good at making artwork, Blender should be there to support the creation of your artwork to make it better. But for quite a long mm -hmm. time, your work is going to suffer if all you're going to do is Blender as finals. Because to be a really good modeler, let's face it, it takes years and years. It's a craft. It's mm -hmm. like becoming a good writer. It's not going to happen all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, mm -hmm. it's like learning Blender to understand where can it support your art without it suffering quality. I think that's one. And two, and here's one, like, I want to know what you think. If, if my strongest skill set is, let's say, I don't know, sketching or designing or drawing should i be pursuing that because that's going to bring the most value potentially to the world or the most value out of me like if that's what i'm best at is 3d in a way a distraction because 24 hours a day that's what mm -hmm. everyone's got should i be spending time on it and for me sometimes that's a hard question to answer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because i guess i guess the question is should i get really good at one thing or you know, I suppose, try and yeah. learn many things. Is that kind of it or? Something like that, but also knowing where is the value going to come, where, what do you, I mean, it's personal, right? But what kind of value are you trying to get out of it and where is it going to take you, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because maybe, maybe a better question is, could you do better with the skills that you already have instead of adding this other one to it? Right, right. Yeah, I mean... I'm in the mindset where it's like learning should always be fun and you should always chase the fun. So um, yeah. if you, if you find that, let's say that there's something that you want to achieve, like I want to have a little bit of emotional or emotion storyboard. Like I have a camera push in that actually feels like it's 3d maybe mm -hmm. for this one shot, I will try doing that with blender. You know what I mean? And just see, just see what you can get out of it. If you're a storyboard artist or something. Um, I think these skills, even though they're different, they compound and they make you a stronger artist uh, overall. That's just my perspective. Like uh, Blender might not be the end all be all for every artist, but if you know a little bit of it, I don't see how it can hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think you're very tactical because you're, when you're learning things, it's, uh, you're already knowing where you're, where it's going to take you, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's maybe is where maybe something I was missing or, but that's such a, again, I think foresight, that's what I said, told, said about you earlier. Mm -hmm. It's like, you, you know where you'll be taking these things and that's gotta be a must. But what you're saying about grease pencil, I think there's so much power to it. And I've already seen people do like full on shots where it's like, looks like it's 2D animated, but they're using 3D lighting on flats. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. oof, yeah, man. Uh, I know, I, I know it's wild. I don't think I'll, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get there, but I, I kind of wish I kind of wish I could just go into a vacuum of time for like a year and then just come out like a blender guru and be like, oh, totally. I, I know everything. 
but yeah unfortunately yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i look the same way at even uh motion graphic artists and after effects animators you know uh, for example mm-hmm. although giant doesn't just do after effects but that world of animation that is so exciting to me i, I think mm. you were asking me if i missed animation like the animation that, that would come back to would be something like that where um I think sure there are shorter pieces, but they have more personality, right? I don't know how much yeah. you pay attention to motion graphics world yourself. I mean, I used to try and get into it, but then I, I didn't want to learn Cinema 4D, and <laughs> I don't really like After Effects, so I just look back. <laughs> Man, After Effects curves are not fun to work no. with. No, no. But there's a cool tool. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like you can. I don't know. It looks like it's a really fun way of animating. People seem to do stuff really quickly, like uh Stephen colbert always has like these little cartoon things that are like puppeteered live <laughs> and it's like a 2d animation thing and i don't know it looks awesome like if you can do that then that's i don't know that's exciting yeah <laughs> dude there's too many too many things to do in this art world huh i know there's just too much so i think yeah i think maybe you're right just knowing what you want to do like if you're just into drawing just stick with that you can you can you can do a lot with that i guess but not just that though because also um knowing how you can contribute the most, because if, if in order for me to get to the animation that I want, if that's going to take me five years, I would rather try to hire someone or find just mm-hmm. find someone who's a passionate, kind of like what you did. You know, you found a, a friend who's a modeler and he did modeling for you because mm-hmm. if you wanted to learn modeling and to do what you had to do, man, like you'll probably spend a couple of years before you could make Norman's Island. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just it for me is like to know your strengths too and know your weaknesses because it's like, yeah, exactly. I could learn modeling, but I hate modeling and I don't want to do it. So, uh, you know, my dad also said, this is a lot of dad advice in this podcast, but uh, he said, don't don't get too good at a job you don't want to do. So if you don't want to be a blender guru, uh, you hate grease pencil, don't go down that road. <laughs> that's interesting you know what I, I wrote down so like i got this quote like i usually try to prep for an interview and um one i wrote down this quote and i don't even think it's it's even a like a notable quote i probably just wrote it at some point but it's uh do the kind of work that you want to work on and it sounds like the dumbest sentence but mm. honestly like it, it's in a sense to what you're saying but it, honestly i've certainly done work in the past even personal work that i probably didn't want to work on and so sometimes this like common sense thing is like it's actually not so obvious at all. And the reason yeah. why I wrote I wrote that down is because I wanted to ask you about it because you seem to be the person who does things that you like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, especially stuff that I've never seen before. I've never seen a show about a dinosaur and a cockroach. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a show about a robot and a unicorn. And, but also, <laughs> and also it's kind of a fun challenge. It's like, that's a bizarre idea. Can we actually make this work? And I'm scared that it's not going to work, but it's fun to try, <laughs> you know? Oh, dude, you're like, going to make it work. This, oh, yeah, maybe. But there's a, a movie we watched, uh, some friends and I, during uh, COVID, we watched bad movies uh, over Zoom. And there's one called Theodore Rex. It's about a dinosaur in the future, and he's a cop. With Whoopi Goldberg as his buddy cop, and it's the worst thing ever. And I'm like, uh oh, this sounds a little bit like this unicorn show in the future. Uh, so it's good to know that some people have failed already <laughs> trying to make yeah. these great ideas work um, and just learn from those mistakes. But yeah, uh, man, but that's how you got to do it. You got to mix the things that, yeah, 
a mix of things that uh, I guess different ideas to try to create some original. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just excited yeah. for you're gonna make it. <laughs> Thanks, man. So much. Potential. I mean, there's there's very little uh, uh, writing on it. Like if I fail, it's like not like it costs ten million dollars to make or anything. So <laughs> it's not it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah. What's your what's your dream uh, scenario or dream plan for your company, Little Mountain Animation? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started off like I just really wanted to work with my friends, and um, I think it's still kind of that's kind of the dream is just to if we can have a little bit of control over what we do and um, get paid to do it and all have a good time. That to me sounds like paradise. So. Will that ever happen? I mean, I feel like the, there's so little um, profit in animation these days, especially television animation. Like the mm. profit margins are so small. Um, that's one thing I learned with pitching to Annecy is like anything you can do to make this cheaper, <laughs> it's more attractive. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I th so the idea of owning an animation studio um, I don't know, it might seem like a lot of work and hopefully just to make enough money to keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not always true, you know, like Guru is doing amazing, Atomic's doing amazing, you know, mm -hmm. all the studios are, are really busy. Um, so, but it's just that it's a lot of client facing work, which um, yeah. I, I, I would like to stay, I'd rather stay small and do what we can, what we want to do, if that's possible. But that's a very mm -hmm. difficult world. Like Tonko totally. House, I'm sure all those guys have have a hard time making that work. Um, but and, yeah, it's amazing to see how much sense. Tonko, yeah, like how much they've achieved, knowing that that's those are the issues they're facing, right? Especially like because you mm -hmm. dip, you like you've already dipped into this world of sell like personal made work, and seeing how far this the scope the scope that they're pushing, yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Have you mm -hmm. seen the profit margins for animation, uh, like any TV animated shows? I mean, I, I can't recall anything um, directly, but you know, from what I've heard, the reason why you know tax credits and everything are obviously so popular is because it makes the animation profitable. Um, mm. You know, it's just tough. I, I think I think studios like are spending big on it right now because streaming is so big and they're all trying to be the dominant streamer you know netflix disney whatever mm -hmm. um but it's just tough yeah would you uh, be happy if uh, all your company did was create pitch packages yeah i think that'd be fun as long as we can do some little animation for it that'd be that'd be ideal uh something that we can put our own because kind of the reason why i i do the animation for my pitches as well is like i I feel like no one wants to read my script. You know what I mean? Like uh, getting someone to actually sit down and read a script is very difficult, even if you're the best writer in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I can go to a pitch meeting and say, here's some stuff that looks cool, then they're like, all right, let me let me read that script or, or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, it opens the door a lot better. But um, I would love to just just do IP. I think that would be really fun. There's a lot of studios that, that just do that, which is kind of interesting. Really, there's a studios who who just like create initial thing and then they sell it. Is that? I think so. Thing? Like they yeah. they are just IP houses. Yeah. Oh well, I I know some like some studios animation studios do it for themselves, but I didn't know there's studios doing that. That's cool. That, that's 
but it just seems like a fun thing to do and hopefully you get to take more risks like you said without uh, losing too much because in the end you know hopefully mm-hmm. these are passion projects it's just tricky because mm-hmm. at a certain point you probably want to adjust your life so it's not like 11 p.m 12 midnight work right hopefully it's like maybe yeah. you get two days a week for your little mountain stuff and how cool yeah that yeah that, that'd be so rad i would love that um I guess my just mission in life is just, I want to make the coolest stuff possible. And uh, if I can work with fun people, then, then that's a huge plus. And uh, yeah. What about you? I mean, um, do you want to be a director? Is that, is that the purpose of the short film or, or do you have a career goal in mind with your side stuff? What drives you forward with that stuff? Oh, interesting. Um, I think short film is, it's a big challenge and I think it's it's impressive and it's interesting to be able to follow through on something that big and cohesive and hopefully that carries something, an interesting story. I think um, I, I look up to people who are able to do things like yourself, like you mentioned, Peter, like these, these mm-hmm. bigger steps are, they're clearly so much harder and I think there's so much more that they can bring. And I also felt like I don't want to be lost in just like, uh, you know, I make a picture every other day and that's it. It felt like, I don't know, it just felt like I needed that challenge. But for as far as the goals go, I don't know, I I guess similar to you, I just want to try to make cool projects that hopefully I believe in. And I know that in our industry, sometimes you don't find that. So I don't know where where I'd want Mm -hmm. to go. I wouldn't wouldn't direct because I don't think, I I think for me, our direction is probably as, as high as it goes. Um, mm. and like, I really enjoy that. Hopefully in the future, I'll be able to carve out more time to create or to paint while they're directing. But yeah, mm. I think in the end, it's like just trying to make something that I would love. I would watch, I would want to see. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that it's, doesn't um, always happen. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> tough too. Cause I don't really watch a lot of TV cartoons. Like I've been dying to watch city of ghosts and, um, been dying yeah. to watch all of the dragon, what's the dragon show Bardell did? Um, I'm blanking. Andy Poon's going to kill me. Dragon um, Prince. Yeah, thank you. I've been dying oh. to watch all that. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I just I just don't know if I want to at the end of the day. I want to watch something that's like House Hunters International. <laughs> I want to work do... on House Hunters International. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you see that conflicting? Do you think it's conflicting or no? No, I don't think so. I think it's good to, I think it's a bit healthy to not always uh, be so obsessed with animation so much, yeah. you know, and also my wife, does, she hates it. So <laughs> uh, and I try to turn on like, there's like this new Pacific Rim show. I'm like, oh, it's cool. Let's check that out. And she's like, no, we're, we're watching House Hunters. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, but it, I guess it is healthy. I, I can see the flip, like the argument that because you don't watch animation, you're going to bring something new in the field because you're not inspired by the same thing that everyone's inspired by. Right. I yeah. think that's yeah. a really strong point. But I remember when I worked in video games and at the time I wasn't playing that much and I felt kind of like a fake, fake, you know, like I was faking it. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm making games, but I don't actually care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> felt wrong. No way, man. Screw that. I, I, <laughs> that drives me crazy because there's one studio which I won't name, but they're like, we want to hire animators or illustrators or anybody who works here has to love our game. And mm-hmm. I kind of like, no way, man. There's going to be amazing artists who are going to pour tons of time and valuable resources into it and not never play the game. 
Yeah. And I just kind of feel like that's kind of a sad, like, obviously we want to be proud of the stuff we make and put our, you know, put a lot of effort into it, but it's like, I don't know. There's an animator friend of mine at ILM who never sees the movies uh, that he works on because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to give, you know, any money to these companies. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that the company did it because they must be missing out on so much talent, like you're saying, and also fresh perspective, right? Otherwise you're in an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's so interesting is to have people who are like, I'm not a gamer, but I work at, you know, whatever, EA or, or mm -hmm. whatever company. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I like to think, I hope that that's what will give projects and new properties more interest by varied perspective, right? You know, mm -hmm. even for example, something that I think we talk more about these days is how kind of North American animation is North American animation and it all is kind of mm. the same storytelling structure is kind of the same. Mm -hmm. um, so you got to bring different voices. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope that expands. Like, I, I love that the fact that we're focusing more on, on diverse storytelling nowadays with, with uh, the big, big budget animation, but I would love, love if that expands to more, like it's still the same three X structure, the same hero's journey or whatever that we've seen before from the mm -hmm. big studios. Um, I guess, I guess Soul was a little bit different, but it still kind of fell into the same pattern. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I wish that we could see like a Pixar Akira or something that's completely different totally. and, and uh, something I've never seen before, you know? Yeah, 100%. And you know what's, yeah. what's, what's really hard about this example is that knowing how much over time and probably suffering went into making Akira, no wonder mm -hmm. nobody has made something as good since. Oh, no, yeah, and... And also, like Akira, like a Pixar Akira movie would not make any money. Like, you can't market that; it'd be too weird. And <laughs> there's a whole business side to it, right? So, yeah. uh, and that's why going back to uh, making shorts, I think maybe that may be the only way, dude. I think sometimes I really mm -hmm. think that the only way to make interesting, truly interesting things is this, like the because yeah. there there may be no money in it. You know, Death, Love, and Robots, or whatever. That could be like the only avenue where something slightly different could come through and even yeah. some of those were not different you know some of them were kind of generic yeah right? yeah at least it's a a slice of a story that we haven't really seen on the, on the big screen but uh, it's pretty cool sure. yeah yeah I'm, uh, I'm excited for that second season whenever that comes out oh are they doing another one i didn't know that uh yes should be good cool, cool. um with your full-time and your with your full-time job and your passion projects how much weight do they carry in your life? Do you see them as separate entities? Uh, so full-time work and passion projects, I do see them as separate entities, but um, they overlap a lot. Like uh, I think about the, the side projects while I'm working on the full-time stuff, you know, if I have a free chance, I'm like, you know, always thinking about them, but I do see them, I don't know, that's an interesting question. Like nowadays when I'm not really animating at all during work, uh, I see it as very separate because it's com two completely different problems. But when, they're, when I was at ILM or previous animation studios, they, they did feel a little bit similar. And sometimes uh, if I wasn't getting what I needed out of that job in terms of my creative fulfillment, then that really fed into the other side of, you know, that entity that, that would really, you know, blossom. So sometimes it's good to have jobs you don't like, I feel like, because it, it, it 
not that I didn't like ILM. I love ILM, yeah. but like other jobs, I felt like, you know, I'm not being challenged and I come home with all this energy and I'm like super excited to do my own stuff. And that, that can actually be uh, pretty healthy, I think. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting how you're very introspective and you're quite aware. Um, and again, maybe it sounds obvious, but you're quite aware of things you want to pursue and you don't. I don't know why, though. Mm. I don't know why it's like that. Maybe humans are just hard because sometimes like I feel like I probably knew what I like, but I didn't always pursue it. You know, mm. uh, maybe it's too many other what? things to care about. Yeah. Why don't you pursue? Are you, are you, is there like some what's the hurdle that's blocking you from from doing it? Just uh, other I think these I think these days I'm actually more in line. But in the past, there are times that. Yeah, I don't know, just. Maybe it's because you you imagine a path for yourself or maybe collectively uh, with the people and around you, it's kind of predetermined, but then, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone's unique, sometimes you just kind of have to carve out something for yourself. I don't know. And I think mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. with the art artistic pursuit, I find it very hard to know what is me and what it is I truly enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you, your answer would be find something that you like, but I think it's easier said <laughs> easier said than done. You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's easier to find out what you don't like, and uh, <laughs> you know, and that comes with a little bit of experience. Um, like some studios I worked at before, I feel like there's a lot of competition. Everyone's trying to be the best uh, artist that they can be to show off and be like, yeah, I did the the coolest shot or whatever and i dislike that i feel like that is a unhealthy place to be because if you're constantly competing with each other um i don't know i just i think it's healthier if we can learn from each other and help each other out and grow together instead of being Mm -hmm. like i'll do whatever i can to be the best you know what i mean i don't know if you get Mm -hmm. that that feeling in in your end of the industry but in, in at least in the visual effects i felt like everyone was competing constantly Mm. I, you know, certainly appreciate healthy competition, but I, I actually get quite allergic to like the ego. I, man, that's, yeah. I find that hard to deal with. Um, or I, I feel like I can't, generally, I can't ignore it. I have to, I have to speak up or something. I don't I, yeah. yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that, that there's, uh, there's so much of it. Why do you think it's more prevalent in VFX? Um, Cause I think there's a clear, um, uh, delineation for between who gets what shots, you know, like mm. uh, if someone is constantly stuck just doing the shots that, you know, are really easy and simple, they probably get frustrated because uh, they're like, why am I not getting the cooler shots? And some other people are getting the trailer shots constantly. You're like, oh, mm. I watched a trailer <laughs> for Star Wars. It's 90% Bob. Bob did everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, why? That's not cool. And a lot of studios are aware of that and they're, and they're trying to, you know, spread the cool shots out. Mm. Um, um, but I feel like there is often a hierarchy of animators. And, um, you know, obviously it's it comes down to this person costs as much money and they can do a mm. good job <laughs> and we don't have to lose money on them if, you know, if we give this, to somebody else and yeah. uh it's always comes down to cost and i just feel like that does numbers on your own personal psyche i feel but, and then the, that prestige creates the ego probably feeds it so yeah. then there's a cycle right yeah yeah makes sense yeah mm-hmm. oh it's unfortunate all right i think we're going to, have to 
probably getting close to wrapping this up, unfortunately. Yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate all of this time that he gave me. I know you could have been creating your coolest things right now. So it's no way. I'm in my burnout stage, man. I'm just playing what video games right now. So what are you playing? <laughs> what are you uh, playing? I'm playing, I'm playing, uh, uh, Zelda breath of oh, the nice. wild. Yeah. Man, yeah. it's interesting. I, uh, I guess like Zelda is a phase that I missed it. And I, because I guess a lot of those games, I don't know. I don't always or I haven't always, the graphics haven't always appealed to me. And I think that's a yeah. big part of why I get into things, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't like the story it. is incredible. Oh, you don't I like don't, it? I don't, know. I don't know. I just, I'm playing it because I keep hearing how amazing it is and my sword keeps breaking <laughs> and my guy is like starving. And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> sure, everyone told you yeah, to play Last patience. of Us. Yeah, and I can't do it because, um, Last of Us too, at least, uh, it's, it's like too close to the real life. There's, we already mm. have a pandemic and uh, <laughs> and the society is collapsing. I don't need this. I want to watch funny cartoons or something. That, that's why or you got to keep hunters. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, hey, I just want to say um, um, I'm really stoked on your artistic journey. And I feel like uh, you keep striving to push yourself and learn new things. And um I appreciate that about you and I appreciate this podcast and I love hearing other people's point of view. So thank you very much for letting me be a part of it and for continuing doing the work that you do. Man, that's very kind. And uh, back at you, the same thing. You're, you're pushing me to try to get better and also try to make my own, um, just make my own things. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about you. You're very inspiring. And I think because you've succeeded in multiple avenues uh, to me, you're like a role model. So I think I'm really happy got to be here, share your thoughts and your process and show people how cool you are. So uh, yeah, back at you, man. This is, uh, is really good. Okay, I got uh, it. So I have to ask you a question. Yeah. What advice sure, sure. do you, what advice do you wish you got before you went to post-secondary? Post, before I got to post-secondary? Before you went to university, what advice do you wish you got? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to fine arts school uh, for a year and a half and I dropped out and I wish someone told me, don't go to fine arts school, even though I liked it. Uh, it just was a, I don't know. I just, no, actually, I take that back because I learned that I didn't want to be a painter. So I learned quickly what I didn't want to do. And that's always a good lesson. Totally. Uh, okay. Ben, sorry. This is tough. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> that was good. Man, we didn't even get into your past. I guess time flies. But this was, this was really flies. good. So okay. uh, how about once you release your uh, uh, trailer, the full-on show mm -hmm. that you plan to do for um, Magic and Machines, come back here and we mm -hmm. talk again? That sounds great. I love it. Hopefully we can do it in person and we can drink beer oh, and please. laugh. Dude, be yes. Good. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, okay Nathan, how can, how can people find your work online? Uh, you can go to littlemountainanimation.com. There's uh, all the all the weird little short films I do are up there. Or uh, Twitter, I'm active on there. You can find me at, at I-S-O-S-M-R-T, I-S-O-S-M-R-T, uh, which is a Simpsons reference that no one is relevant. It's not relevant anymore. I've made it in high school. and uh... There's been too many episodes since. Nobody will know. Yeah. Man, Nathan, thank you so much. Uh, and also go to NathanThomasAnimation.com if you want to see his animation reel. It's badass. It's super badass. Bad. You're just going to be impressed. Yeah, this guy is a full-on wizard. Whatever. Um, All right. <laughs> All right, people. Thanks for listening to Creative Theory Podcast. If you want to learn more, 
Instagram is the way to go. One day I'll get on Twitter, uh, I promise, and I'll hang out with Nate on there. So I appreciate yeah. you. Bye. Thank you, man. Bye, guys. Can't drive me to your heart